0: To Major Tom. Your dead.
1: This is Major Tom. You're listening to the Dispatch on Star St. Andrews Radio. It is Friday, twenty fifth of February, twenty twenty two. It is sunny outside, sunny but cold. Um I'm feeling feeling alright. Um apologies for the slight delay. We've had a bit we had a bit of a technical issue coming in, that's all resolved. Uh try not to be a late again next week. Um Don't think there's much news to talk about this week. Yeah, nothing nothing really happened, I think. Um yeah, it was quite a boring week, wasn't it? No news, no oh no, yes, of course. Uh yeah, there was this slight little yeah, little thing of a uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. The so the country of Russia invaded the sovereign country of Ukraine. Which I'm sure you all heard about by now. Uh you've read everywhere. Um it's it's war. It's it's war between Two European powers for the first time in a long, long time. Now, if you listen to the show, if this is not your first time listening, if you've been listening before, you would know that I did say there would be no war. I said there wouldn't be an invasion, but I said I said I didn't say there wouldn't be. I said I didn't believe there would be, uh, which now is starting to sound uh, a little silly. However... I did have my reasons um, and I wasn't the only one, you know, the 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 main people saying there would be a war were some of the Western intelligence, um, but Ukraine itself was saying multiple times that there would not be, um, uh, uh, well, not saying there wouldn't be an invasion, but when the West was saying that the invasions would happen, they weren't happening. Uh, they said there was no need for panic. There was no need to be. There was need- the West needed to calm down. The Western media needed to calm down. Um, so to me and to a lot of other analysts, the idea of a full scale invasion, um, as in full scale, as in they are attacking the capital, which they are now doing and we will talk about, um, was so far fetched because of the fact that Europe has been, in a sense, not fully at peace. You know, there has been Crimea, there has been Serbia. But there was has not necessarily been a full invasion of another in state in a long, long time. But it did happen. It did happen. Um, you know, Western intelligence has not always been, you know, correct. I mean, there's been Iraq, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction, which there still is no proof that Iraq did have weapons of mass destruction. But here we are. Um, war has broken out between the two. So. Let's recap. Let's go back a week from when we left off, when we said goodbye uh, last Friday. And let's go and just look at what happened uh, during this time. Um, So after the last show, there seemed to be more movement towards diplomacy. Uh, A couple of the leaders had met each other. Uh, As I said, Johnson and the Ukrainian chancellor, not Ukrainian, uh, German chancellor, apologies, had met each other. And then Macron and Putin had met again. And Macron, as I mentioned in uh, the last episode, had been, uh, it's pretty much very much been acting like the head diplomat, the head peace negotiator, uh, in this, um, in this, uh, well, well, it's not a conflict, but what it has been this, uh, the escalation of tensions between Russia and other countries. So Macron had come and he would met Putin and he said that he believed that there could even be a meeting between Vladimir Putin, president of Russia, and President Joe Biden of the United States. Then on Tuesday, uh, a lot changed. Putin held a televised address where he pretty much attacked Ukraine, attacked NATO, called Ukraine a fake country. Said that it really never really existed, and he recognized the separatist provinces of Donetsk and Luhansk in the region of Donbass as independent states. Now, why is this big? Well, since 2014, since uh, Russia annexed Crimea, within the uh, what were Ukrainian regions at the time, regions of Donetsk and Luhansk, this is the region of Donbass which borders Russia. Um, rebel, well you know, depends which side you're looking at it, obviously if you're on the Ukrainian side, which is also the western point of view, um, they are rebels, separatists and on the um, Russian side uh, and within, and those who are just these rebels, they would be seen as obviously freedom fighters depends how you look at it it's always a question with sovereignty of these countries who is right because there's obviously two points of view uh, on the situation but these rebels separatists whatever you want to call them they were backed by russia uh, and that's not a opinion that's just a, that's just a fact even even vladimir putin was saying that he was you know backing these um backing these forces and they ended up controlling a uh, a large part of these of their provinces they actually they ended up uh, they were they were you know beating if you will uh, the Ukrainian forces back. Um, so why is it important that now, uh, eight years after the invasion of Crimea, or the annexation, the annexation, sorry, of Crimea, um, does Vladimir Putin? Why did he recognise Donetsk and Luhansk as independent states? Well, because he brought his army in. He um, that night. Uh, it was a bit quite a bit of a change in 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 rhetoric um putin said that he was bringing in his uh he had asked the newly formed states as he called them if he could bring in his military uh for you know different drills and all of that and the well of course you know, accepted and the west and ukraine saw that as a premeditation to an an invasion because of course To Ukraine, those provinces, Donetsk, in in the region, so Donetsk and Luhansk are in this region called the Donbass, right? Ukraine still claims that as its own, even though it doesn't necessarily have full control. It has less control over Donetsk than it does over Luhansk. Luhansk is still a bit of a uh, split. It still claims them as its own, and obviously, since Ukraine is allied with the West, the West. states that this was an invasion but again this was this is a, this was seen as a sorry if you hear me sniffling I have a runny nose um, this was seen as as an invasion but not necessarily you know full scale because it's not like there was much fighting on that border if you will since the the, the, the forces fighting against Ukrainians in Donetsk and Luhansk control those areas so in a sense you know, it, you can it, the idea of the invasion then was just then, you know, who you looked at because it wasn't necessarily just there was no defending, and that was where we were at, and you know there was a lot of tension because obviously, um, people that tried to de-escalate the situation tried to make sure that there were peace. This was clearly uh, on the from Vladimir Putin uh, an escalation, if you will. It was complete shift in direction. Um, now it's not unlike Putin to, to to lie. Obviously, it's it's well known that that um, of course a lot of, of of world leaders don't necessarily always tell the truth. But with Putin, uh, you know, he's very well known that he is an autocrat dictator uh, who will stop at nothing. So he so that was pretty much where we were at. The tensions were very high, and then very early on Thursday morning. As you will all have known, if you check your phone, even if you don't care about news and you just check your phone for half a second, it all changed. Very early Thursday morning, uh, attacks begin. And this was about uh, 3 o'clock, just before 3 a.m. UK time. So, you know, just before dawn or about at dawn in Ukraine. Missile and mortar attacks are reported throughout different places in Ukraine um so you know the, the the capital city of kiev so this was not now just not necessarily donbass region this is all over ukraine different parts of it there were mortar attacks there were shelling uh so people were being killed being bombed and then in morning russian time putin um has a televised address again and states that a quote special military operation is now underway and russian troops then enter ukraine and you probably sometimes if, if you're brave enough seen some of the footage um you know the, the it's 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 very much uh it's it's in the fighter jets fighting each other there were dogfights there were missiles uh being being shot at uh, different buildings russia was attacking obviously different mili- military areas and there was uh, reporting on the ground from cnn of different airports And so it's very much, you know, it's 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 modern warfare. So it's not necessarily well. Obviously, the Russian army is stronger than the Ukrainian army. More people, more resources. This was not a battle. This is not your traditional, you know, terrorist, you know, versus, uh, you know, normal. Well, I say normal military, you know, normal sovereign country militarized force. This is two sovereign countries going to war with each other. So. So this, um, there was very much fighting in, in the streets. There was, you know, gunfire being he- heard. Um, and this brings me, speaking of the footage, this brings me to the effects of social media and how this, um, um, how how has social media impacted this war? Because obviously, you know, social media has been around for a long time. We have, you know, people in Syria obviously have phones. People even in Afghanistan, they have phones there, of course. But as I mentioned before, this is Europe. This is a very different situation to a country like Afghanistan, which has seen war, which has very much, it's not seen peace. I mean, the only time it's very much seen, as I say, peace between forces is probably the, the Taliban regimes. But as you all know, the Taliban regime is not necessarily peaceful to its own citizens, so this is a very so it's a very much an underprivileged country. Ukraine, obviously not as rich as Russia, not obviously as rich as the UK or the United States, but it's a, it's a very developed u- European country. So you were seeing on social media footage of, as I said, missiles in different buildings. There was a terrifying video of um, I think it was a this family were recording outside their window. And his fighter jet comes flying down, and you see the missile leave the fighter jet, and you see a child screaming. It was horrendous to listen to, um, but that changes everything. Actually, even the soldiers themselves um, have a, have who were recording themselves. It's uh, there was a um, there was a, this is this is not c- confirmed fully, but um, in the sense when I say it's not confirmed fully, I mean it's not confirmed by. The military sources but it's been confirmed by a number of different news websites and there was uh, these ukrainian troops on this island called snake island uh just is, you know ukraine is different islands you know you stuff crimea things like that and they were um the, one of them was live streaming and the um the Ru- a russian ship um you know because ships obviously just not boats they've got you know they've got big big guns attached to them um to to shell, since it's happened, you know, it's happened for a long time. Um, and they asked them. Do you hear the the the, the Russian ships say, "Stand down, you know, don't don't you know, lay down your weapons and surrender." To which the Ukrainian soldiers obviously say, "No." And the stream ends with uh, you hear like the first shelling, and it is very sad to know that this morning I found out that all those soldiers had passed away. So there's even soldiers on Russian Russian soldiers posting on TikTok. It's it's it, you know I'm not on TikTok, but this is a very modern war in the sense it's modern weapons, but it's also you know modern in the sense that social media is playing a huge aspect of it. But as with anything with social media, oh actually first before I mention that it also allows locals to control the narrative of the, of the situation. It's not like wars decades ago. Where you'd have an evening bulletin and each side could shape their story. You are ob- with this war currently, the Ukrainians on the ground can tell you what's happening, different situations. So of course, each country will try and shape a narrative. But this allows the people there, the locals, to give their own narrative. Now, as I was about to say, of course, social media has its issues. We all know this if you, you know we've all especially if you're well. Everyone right now uses social media, and especially if you're, you know, in the ages of you know 20, 30, you have been told since you're a kid of the problem, the dangers of social media, if you will. And one of these is misinformation. Um, there were many videos, such many sorry, many videos such as soldiers parachuting in, such as different videos of fighter jets, which were posted on social media. The problem is, they were some of them, well, there have been parachutes. Obviously, there obviously have been fighter jets. Some of these videos, and you'll say, like, oh, look, in Kiev, there's these paratroopers are coming down. Some of them are either false, like, you know, straight up, you know, older videos from, you know, maybe a military parade or something being posted, or disingenuous. Maybe, you know, there is a dropping, but it's not necessarily in Kiev. It's not, it's maybe more in a, in a countryside. So, what I'm saying is, if you're... Um, if you're interested in 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 trying to follow this conflict on social media which is which is um which is you know i I can fully understand why I you know I do it as well uh well be we be, be mindful of two things: one is misinformation as I mentioned, and two um luckily, I have a pretty high tolerance for things that are you know not not necessarily gory but pretty depressing and uh you know sometimes you know you will see sometimes a picture of a you know Sadly, a, a a dead body or someone's very badly injured. Uh, because that is war. Uh luckily, you know, well I say luckily. Um my brain is a bit messed up by following history for so so long and watching documentaries that it doesn't necessarily shock me anymore. Which is probably a problem. Let's be very honest, that's probably an issue that I don't get shocked by these things now. Um But yeah, just 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 be mindful. So Uh, We're going to go now to the first song break. I know I've talked a lot. We're still going to talk about Ukraine. I mean, this show is going to be dominated by Ukraine. I mean, you've probably expected it coming in. Um, So we're going to play the first song. And I've picked a few songs which are actually anti-war songs because, you know, the reoccurring theme on this show is Tom opinionated. Well, he is when it comes to war in the sense he doesn't like war. War's not cool um so these sh- these songs ad- will be uh, anti-war songs and if you think that war is cool then you know why you know people die so uh you know and not just soldiers civilians so the first song i will play and well that's a problem now well that's great the mouse has stopped working i don't know who was here before me it's not on is it on well i'm going to keep on talking till i figure this out why is the mouse not working um this is great so oh there we go we got it cool 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 that was almost a big problem that was almost a big problem i don't know if you could hear with the microphone me scrolling the mouse around that was almost a big issue so we're good we're good the first song which is usually associated with kind of um the draft and people being sent in i'm fighting for my country is fortunate son by clear credence clearwater revival Um, it's actually not a pro-war song it's anti-war if you listen to the lyrics they say I ain't no fortunate son I ain't no senator's son it's about the draft in Vietnam that people from rich families didn't have to go to war they could you know probably the most famous example of the last few years is Donald Trump he didn't go to war um, and he cited some bogus medical issue as many rich kids were able to do so this is probably one of the most famous anti-war songs i'm going to play uh you know it's a bit of an upbeat so you know the whole depressing story we're talking about at the moment which we have to sorry you know it's obviously depressing but you gotta learn about it uh you got well you got i know i want to speak about it as well so enjoy a two minute break Creedence clearwater revival fortunate son see you in about two minutes So that was Fortunate Son by Credence, Clearwater Revival, a song uh, about the Vietnam War and, you know, as... Oh, God, great. I didn't cough this whole break. Now I need to cough. Apologies. I'm okay. I don't have COVID. Uh, I found handkerchiefs during break, so the runny nose will stop for temporarily. Uh, Just have a cold. My tests were negative. We're all good. So... Moving on, uh, carrying on talking about Ukraine, and, you know, actually we're going to touch on a bit later the themes of Fortunate Son, the draft, and and things like that. Uh, I know this is very different from usual shows where I have a break, you know, I will have probably talked about different news stories by now, but if you look at any news website, if you look at any newspaper, if you look at social media, this is dominating everything because this is huge, and we're going to talk about the impact in a bit. But first, let's just go through a little bit of the 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 recap of the fighting uh yesterday so obviously um russia entered uh uh ukraine so through different points they're not going to enter through one point because that's you know militarily not a good idea so they entered through three points one was crimea as we know that they annexed it uh, a while back one through russia uh, through the russian border uh but it's probably more than three, but pretty much the three main ones that we know about. And the other one was Belarus, uh, Belarus, which is allied with, um, with, with with Russia, their president, Lukashenko. Uh, you know, he's a, an interesting character, if you will. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so that makes Belarus technically a part of this war or they're not fighting. You know, they are Wonder, uh, the, Sorry. got let me cough again. I'm going to stop. I don't know why I'm coughing right now. Apologies. I'm fine. So, so yes, um, So the, the, probably the biggest point of capture that was, uh, that was pointed out yesterday, that was seen yesterday, was the, um, um, the city of Chernobyl. Well, sorry, the city. Well, it used to be a city, the former nuclear power plant of Chernobyl. Now you think, wait a minute, I've heard of Chernobyl. That it rings a bell to me. I've heard about it. Yes, you have. It's the um, nuclear power plant which exploded um, in the eighties. I don't know why I haven't, don't have that written down. But uh, so Chernobyl uh, pretty much is a the disaster happened in 1986. Told you it was the eighties. 26th of April, 1986. I should have had that written down. But um, so they took Chernobyl. Uh, which is, you know, this nuclear wasteland, which, you know, it's going to be a nuclear... No one's going to live there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But now you think to yourself, wait, why did they take Chernobyl? How does that help them? You know, this is, you know, it's a, it's a nuclear wasteland. What does it benefit them to take this place? That's why I thought, too. I was confused. Uh, I was very much thinking, why on earth are they there? And that's because it's a very quick entry point into Kiev. Pretty much, you control, you get Chernobyl you have a much easier and faster way to get into the capital city of Kiev. The human impact um, has been uh, quite quite big. Um, so firstly, uh, the UN has estimated that already, and this were on day two of the war now, so this was reported on day one. When I say it's a war, I don't mean a conflict. I say it's a, well, obviously these terms are, you know, always a little bit subjective because it's difficult to say, what is is war, what is a conflict? But usually people will term something a war when it's two sovereign states going at it with each other. And actually, you know, especially one invading the other one, that's war. It's not necessarily, you know, we're talking about two countries here. People have passports from these countries. Um, The UN has uh, estimated that already on day one that around 100,000 people have already fled their homes. That's huge. A hundred thousand people think, you know, literally just under 10 times St. Andrew's people leaving, just leaving and not, you know, just getting up and leaving on the first day. It's, it's, it's that's So that's one end of the, of the tour that people are homeless. Um, uh, Poland has opened their border apparently to let some people in, which, uh, hopefully they're all safe and will we'll be away from the conflict. Um, Yesterday, the Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky announced that 137 Ukrainian soldiers and civilians had died. Uh, it was likely to be more, obviously, because um, you know it, it, it's ongoing at all times. But that's what was reported from the Ukrainian side, uh, which may not seem like a, like a like a lot. You know, it might not seem like you know you think the number of people in Ukraine. Uh, that you know, and the number of people displaced, 137, both soldiers and civilians, is not an is not a lot considering that the population is a 44 million. But um, you know, war has very much changed. You know, it's modern warfare is not necessarily about two armies coming together and running into each other. It's very it's it's a very different uh, concept. And there was a lot of capturing actually on both sides. Uh, a lot of um, you know people being captured and. Even there's a picture yesterday that came out of uh, two soldiers being captured, and one of them is 20 years old. He's my age, and that's frightening uh, for me to see. Um, Ukraine has now imposed martial law, um, and all men 18 to 60, so pretty much those who are ad- adults and those who are, you know, just under age of retirement, have been told they cannot leave the country. So think right now. If you're a guy listening to this show, and I know most of you are between the ages of 18 and 60, uh, actually no, Dad, you'd be fine. Dad, you're not 60. You'll be fine. Uh, you'd be able to flee. Um, but most of you other guys, just imagine you were here. You're trying to escape. If this was, you know, where you were currently, you wouldn't be able to leave. You, you'd be stuck there. Um, and there was a development overnight. I was checking this morning because you know this is ongoing. I mean, I was up this morning. I was. I was—I know I was late for the show, but not because I was late leaving my place. That was a technical difficulty. I was up, you know, uh, barely slept last night because of all different developments. Um, the uh, Ukraine Ministry of Defense has now said that anyone, that's men or women, anyone of any age, so again, any age, that's literally minors. That's, you can be 15, 12, I doubt they give a 7-year-old a gun. Let's be hopeful here. But I'm sure 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, they'd be able to. Um, if they want to come fight, they 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 are allowed to. They will be allowed to to, to join up because, uh, as President Zelensky has said, that he wants every able body there to fight. Um, so fighting continued throughout the night, and um, last night uh, there was a there was um I'm gonna shut my phone. There was. Um, shelling and um, mortar attacks on Kiev um, there's actually um, well if you're interested in seeing very depressing stuff there's live streams up on YouTube of different CCTV cameras in different cities in Ukraine which um, yeah and around uh, well it was our time our time 1.30 I think it was yes I think it's three hours difference so our time about 1.30 in the UK and it was 4.00 something uh, 4.30 then Uh, there was, uh, you could see uh, some explosions happening. And these are like big boy missiles as well. Um, So hopefully, hopefully um, you know, they don't get that far. Um, So if we carry on... So yes, fighting carry on throughout the night. And there's going to be definitely, there will definitely be more, you know, in the time I've been talking, there's probably been huge numbers of updates. Oh, well, here we go. Here's a big update. You know, I was thinking... I was checking before I went on air. Was there any update there? Was there any update? There's a big one right now. Russian forces. Breaking news. For the first time on Star the Dispatch, uh, we've got breaking news live on air. And the breaking news is that Russian forces have reached Kiev. Um, So missile missile strikes were reported on the capital. Uh, So pretty much the city is... Not necessarily under siege yet, but uh, the city braces pretty much for for an attack to to, to, to happen. So, um, yeah, military vehicles have entered the northern 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 English northern suburbs of Kiev. Um, I'm not going to analyse this now. You know, we only have 17 minutes left on air, uh, and you know, it's, it's it's breaking news. But pretty much, Kiev is waiting for um, uh, for. An attack, and honestly, uh, if you can watch uh, pictures, I think pictures, videos are important, and they very much give us an idea of what's on the ground. But pictures tell such a different story. Photographs. I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Rob, who's a who does really really nice photographs. You know, follow him on Instagram for for those. Um, It's a story that a picture tells, Uh, and war probably. You know, I'm not going to say you know, you know, you don't want these pictures to happen because you don't want war to happen, but you know. These people's lives have changed overnight. So, what are responses from other countries and people to this? So, pretty much first, there's been sanctions imposed against Russia by multiple states. Uh, last week, we talked about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is this gas pipeline that is going from um, from Russia to countries like Germany. And it provides, you know, German countries very cheap gas. You know, It's low quality, but they can either get American gas... It's another country, which I've just forgotten. but It's America. America's one of them. And they, um, you know, it allows them to spend less money on it. Germany themselves decided to cancel the pipeline, which is, you know, brave, because Germany has cancelled also their nuclear energy. Um, I'm not saying anyone here, you know, on this show, like, do you support nuclear energy? Do you support gas? That's not the point, you know, renewable energy or that. The point is, Germany's going to have a big energy problem um but you know that was pretty much to say Russia we're not going to you know this was crazy we're not going to fund because you know obviously they have to pay Russia to get the gas so uh, that is pretty much um that's so that's trying to cripple Russia e- economically there were a bunch of sanctions put in uh, on a lot of uh, different businessmen which I'll talk about in a second uh, two of them you know in the world of sport but what has uh, Joe Biden been saying because obviously While the United States is not a European country, it is the most powerful country in the world. You know, soon, you know, probably China is going to come and rival them in a bipolar system if you want to get into international relations theory terms. But at the moment, the hegemon, the biggest country is the United States. And here's some quotes from The Guardian. Biden denounced Vladimir Putin's decision to move forward with the invasion. In a speech at the White House this afternoon, so that was yesterday, Biden told the nation, Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war, and now he and his country will bear the consequences. Biden announced a new round of sanctions targeting Russian financial institutions and elite families. The sanctions called for Sberbank, Russia's largest bank, to be severed from the U.S. financial system, restricting the bank's access to transactions made in the American dollar. Four sanctions will also be imposed on four other financial institutions, including Russia's second largest bank of VTB, which, if you watch Formula One, that's the Russian Grand Prix sponsor, freezing all of their US-based assets. Um, and just talking, as I was going to say, Russian businessmen, uh, probably the two, well, there's probably many more well-known, if in the world of sport, the two biggest at the moment Russian businessmen are, of course, uh, uh, Roman Abramovich, who owns Chelsea, and Dmitry Mazepin, who owns the uh, the brand uh, Ural Kali. Uh, and we're gonna to get to uh that in a yeah, so pretty much uh, we're gonna to get to that in a little second. Uh as I just finish up with this. Within Russia there were a number of anti-war protests, a lot of people got arrested. It is important to point out, as someone who grew up in an in an international system, just because you are from a country does not mean you support what that country is doing. I know people who've even people who have not grown up abroad, if you've stayed here your your whole life, you probably I'm sure you know this. But it's important to repeat, because I still meet people who think that because someone has a passport from a country, they will absolutely believe what their leader is saying. That's not the case. Not many, many Russians are against this war. It's not like they have much of a say, because as much as Putin is, quote, president, he's not, you know, he's pretty much a dictator. It's not a real, it's it's not a real, there's elections, but, you know, it's well known, it's well reported that these elections are not free and fair. So, uh, there were a number of anti-war protests. There were some in, um, in St. Petersburg, um, and in other and other places. There were a lot of arrests made. Uh, Putin himself said that they, they, Ukraine, left us no other option, and that he has warned all countries not to intervene, or face dire consequences. And we will talk about what that means and the MAD doctrine after the second break, the second song break. But first, um, we're running out of time. Uh, that's my fault, but well, it's not necessarily my fault for the technical issues, but those happen. Uh, apologies, probably the worst day for those to happen because want, I wanted more time to talk about these things. In terms of, I was mentioning for sport, um, Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, four time Formula One world champion, and drives for Aston Martin currently. Uh, the F1 preseason is happening right now, and he has said that he will not race in the um, Russian Grand Prix. He said that no matter what, he won't race there, which is a bold stance. Uh, and he was very much praised for that. Uh, Max Verstappen, current F1 world champion, Once second. the current F1 world champion, um, stated didn't necessarily say he wouldn't race there, but he said there shouldn't be a race in a country that's at war. Uh, the Champions League final, that's football, which was going to be in Saint Petersburg, uh, has been moved. Uh, and you know uh, that, uh, and then Schalke, which is a German team, have Gazprom which is the Russian gas company, as their sponsor. They've had to remove that. Um, Haas, F1 team, as I said, uh, uh, well, not owned, but very much sponsored by Dmitry Mazepin and his Ural Kali company. They have decided to, they're still sponsored by them, but they've decided, as it's currently uh, testing for the preseason, to remove uh, the branding. And their car, if you don't watch Formula One, uh, their car is pretty much a Russian flag. They're an American team, but their car is a Russian flag. Go figure, and dirty money is a thing that's very common in Formula One, so no one is surprised. Um, so that's pretty much what's happening. When we come back, I'll be very quick about uh, what's next. Are we going to do have a World War Three? Uh, I'll try not to have a messed up, pro- uh, you know, make a wrong prediction again. But right now, the song I'm going to play is "Russians" by Sting, which is about the. Yes, yeah, about Russians. Uh, it's about Russia, um, but it's, a, it's an 80s song um, about the Cold War and. What we're going to talk about later, the mad doctrine, mutually assured destruction by nuclear weapons and how we shouldn't have war. So that's Sting, Russians. See you in about three and a half minutes. So yeah. That was Russians by Sting, uh, who's the guy who, if you don't know... How do you not know who Sting is? I'm sorry. Sorry to be a bit, uh, you know, a little bit stingy about this. He's the guy who was part of the group, The Police. Uh, He's a very good musician. So, we only have six minutes left, so very quickly before, you know, I play the outro song, which is not going to be the outro song I meant to play, because I forgot to put it in the playlist, because I was technical difficulties this morning. That was fun. So, quickly, what next? What happens? Um... Uh, why, uh, you know, what does Putin mean when he says don't intervene or face dire consequences? Pretty much. This all boils down to what the song is about, which is about MAD, mutually assured destruction. It's a theory, it's a concept, that if one country has nukes and threatens to use them, you know, you know, is everyone... So, how do I explain this? Uh, imagine two countries have nukes, okay? One wants to invade the other. But they won't because they know that if one person fires a nuke... The other one will as well. So pretty much everyone dies. Everyone is destroyed. So there's no point in doing it. So Russia is a nuclear power. So they're pretty much saying, "Hey, West, don't involve, don't get involved, because we also have nukes." They actually, technically, they have the most nukes in the world. Um, they have uh, the USA second. Russia has the most nukes. Doesn't mean they have the best nukes. It just means they have the most. Um, and they so they say pretty much, "Don't get involved," or kind of you know, hinting at stuff. Uh, which pretty much everyone, you know, other countries will know means, oh, yeah, you know, they've already been mad enough to invade Ukraine. They could nuke us. That's not fun. Um, So what does that mean? It is unlikely, and I'm saying unlikely with an asterisk because of the fact I got this completely wrong. And, you know, I'm not an expert. I've said this many times. I'm not an expert. I'm going to try and I'm making this show as simple as I can for people who don't necessarily follow uh, these, these. So I'm going to have to give you know, some analysis in a way as best I can, following what different experts are saying. It is unlikely, not impossible, unlikely that you know we get World War Three. That other countries, uh, you know, with this current situation where we're now at, that you know a bunch of other countries declare war on Russia and we get World War Three. That's unlikely, not impossible, unlikely. So, um. It doesn't seem like the West will send in their troops. Um, they are trying, as I said, to do sanctions. We will see, because in the one week, we could be at a very different stage. Something could... Dry, we're, at, we're at a point when no one knows what's going on. Because even Ukrainians didn't expect Russia to come in. I know the West, Western you know, intelligence was saying it was going to happen, and they kept on saying it, and they kept on repeating, it's going to be today, it's going to be today, and it wasn't today. But, you know, especially after Iraq, it's difficult to trust only one source. A lot of experts in Ukraine itself were saying they weren't sure that war was going to happen. So, to recap, um, this is a war. People are getting killed. People are being displaced. We don't know what's going to necessarily happen next because this is a weekly show. If this was a very long, everyday show, you know, we'd come back and, 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 and analyze each and every little detail, but we can't. It's a weekly show. So, uh, if you want to stay informed, um, the big news websites are great. You know, BBC, um, Reuters, Reuters is always good. The Associated Press. Um, then after that, CNN, uh, France 24. That's very good as well. It's not infra- if you take the English version, that's pretty good. Um, for a conflict like this, Al Jazeera isn't too bad either. Um, so yeah, try and make sure you vary your sources. Uh, I would obviously, I would obviously stay away from Russia. Russia today. Uh, and I'd also maybe stay away from NBC and ABC, although they're good. You know, they're, not, they're pretty good. Obviously, as always, stay away from Fox News. You have an opinion on this show, which is Fox News is bad. They're terrible. So stay away from them. But try and vary your opinion. Stay away from Russia today, obviously, uh, for this story, because that's obviously Russian state media. Um, and they're going to be very obviously biased. Um, so today was very much based on Ukraine. Um Final two minutes. Um, podcast is episode two from last week was delayed, uh, which was to be uploaded from last Friday, uh, because they're making me pay. They're making me pay money to put my podcast up, which is disgraceful. Which is honestly disgraceful. Um, but I've decided to pay, so you can have your pretty ears listen to me, uh, and well, to destroy your pretty ears every week if you want. Uh, so the podcast is up. This one will be up today. You know, there won't be any delays. This one will be right up pretty much in, in, in two or two, three hours. Maybe t- if I'm lazy tomorrow, but I don't think I'll be lazy. I'll be good today. Uh eleven fifty-nine a.m. almost lunchtime. I'm gonna hopefully get a haircut. I'm gonna get whatever is on my head right now fixed. Because that was a disgrace of a haircut. So hopefully it's gonna be fixed, otherwise they might tell me to come back next week when my hair's longer. Tom Wilson, follow St- start a dispatch on Instagram. If I think you're nice. I will also, you can add me on my Instagram, TomH.Wilson. If you already added to that, then I'll you think you're nice and you're very cute. So Tom Wilson, The Dispatch. See you next Friday, 11 a.m. Hopefully we're not at war on everyone, and hopefully I've not been drafted. Okay? Um, see you then. Much love. Start a Dispatch. See you next week. Goodbye.